On this episode of the Hartford County Living Podcast, brought to you by the Joptown Lions Club, I got to sit down with Colleen Ryan and Law Garrity to talk about the upcoming Heritage Festival at Copley Parish in Joptown. Um, this is to celebrate the history of Joppa, which seems to be a lot of confusion about, especially as far as to when it was found. So um, listen to the podcast, because Law has actually uh, taught me a lot on this. I, I had a lot of stuff I didn't realize. And I'm sure a lot of stuff out there, uh, a lot of you listening didn't realize. Uh, the Fall Festival, the Heritage Festival, is October 20th at Copley Parish, which is at the Church of Resurrection in, on Rumsey Island in Java Town. Uh, so take a listen, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Once again, I want, also want to thank the Java Town Lions Club uh, for sponsoring this. And for more information on them, go to Java Town, that's J-O-P-P-A, T-O-W-N-E, lionsclub.org. Did you know volunteering can be fun? Community service is for everyone. Young people, families, men, women. As a volunteer, you'll help your community and gain valuable skills, network with others, energize your life, make an impact, and have fun. Get in step with your community. Volunteer. Visit www.lionsclubs.org. You are listening to the Harford County Living Podcast with Rich Bennett. Thank you for coming, and please send any suggestions or comments to podcast at harfordcountyliving.com. The Harford County Living Podcast is produced for your enjoyment, and show notes can be found at harfordcountyliving.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorites, RRS feed, or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's join Rich Bennett and his special guest. like to welcome everybody to the Harford County Living Podcast. Uh, this one's a little bit different than some of the others. Uh, there's a big festival coming up October 20th. Yes. Um, right here in Joppa Town. And we have a couple people here it's, uh, to talk about. It's the Joppa Heritage. Make sure I get it right. The Joppa Heritage Festival, right? Joppa Heritage Fall Festival. Joppa Heritage Fall Festival. Um Basically, talk. It's going to be focused on the history of Java, which there's a lot of conflicts there. Some people say it's some, but that's another story. Um, reenactors, absolutely excellent food. Absolutely. So a lot of things going on. So Colleen, fill us in. What's going to be going on with this, and when's it start? Well, it starts at 11 a.m. on October 20th. Of course, since. It's been so rainy this season. Rain date will be the following Saturday, October 27th. Um, we are going to have reenactors from the colonial period. They will be doing demonstrations like boiled peanuts. Last year, uh, they did a chicken. They baked a chicken in the ground. And in the ground? In the ground. It was amazing. Dug a hole and baked a chicken in the ground. So Part of that doing... You know, doing pigs that way. I've never heard of chicken that yeah, way. Yeah, it was very fascinating. So, uh, we have demonstrations from them again this year. And 
with the possibility of actually an Army regiment coming as well to do a demonstration of their skills. So lots of fun with the, with the uh, colonial side. Uh, also vendors uh, coming, arts and crafts vendors. Uh, goods are going to be available and kids games, relay races for the kids and, and the adults. Hopefully we get that good, good competition going on there. And uh, food provided by Copley Parish and the Lions Club. Now, the Jobtown Lions Club. That, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, explain to everybody because you know, Harvard Grace always has something big going on in Bel Air. And I hate to say it, but Joppa is like the forget, forgotten part of the county. But a lot of people don't realize, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people don't realize how important Joppa was back then. Joppa was really here before Haverty Grace, even downtown Baltimore, the harbor. This was the first port of Baltimore where goods came in. This was a huge community that uh, did trading uh, through the port here. And so this is really the beginning of the, of this, of our porting system within Baltimore uh, without, Joppa, who knows what the harbor would have been today. It probably would have been very different. So all of our history through Baltimore is due to Joppa in a lot of ways in the port. And it's this is going to be taking part where at? It's at Rum, uh, on Rumsey Island, Copley okay. Parish, uh, Church of the Resurrection. It's 700 Anchor Drive. Um, parking is available throughout the community. Uh and we'll have extra parking at Good Shepherd up the road. And we will have uh, transportation if needed so that you don't have to walk that far if you don't feel you can make it. But it, right. it's a beautiful little stroll. It's not too far. Um, lovely day. It's a nice little walk in the fall. So uh, I will hope everybody will come out and join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. And there's where it's located at, isn't there a... I guess you could say a significant building there. Is that the right word I'm looking for? Or a, a very important building that you can see from there. That Yeah, the last remaining vestige, vestige of uh, old Joppa, and that's the Rumsey Mansion. Okay. It, uh, the original part of mansion dates to the early 1720s, built by James Maxwell and acquired by Benjamin Rumsey, uh, who gave it its name after he married the uh, daughter of John uh, John and Hannah Hall. Hannah was the widow of Asiel Maxwell, James Maxwell's son. And so it passed through their family to Benjamin, Benjamin Rumsey, and then he built uh, the mansion as we see it today, the second floor and the additional half of the building and the outbuildings. So it was originally one floor? It was originally was one floor. I didn't even realize that. I didn't either. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so it's uh, it's basically 290 years old, still standing, uh, restored in, in the late 60s, early 70s, and uh, looks great. Um, and hopefully it'll be around another 100 years at least. Now, I guess if – is there going to be any old pictures or anything for people to look at of old Joppa? Well, Lyle um, has a wonderful uh, – a film that he put together 
that will be available, and Lyle will also be around to fill in more information. And You're going to be busy that day, aren't he's, you? <laughs> he's been very busy. He's also helping to, to do the historic walk, we, which we feature, um, where there are very uh, poignant points of uh, parts of, of this property at Copley Parish that are pretty significant to history to include the mansion and, and right. the old port. So Lyle's, um, Lyle and Danny are both going to be helping do those walks and, and tell the history personally about the, this area. So Lyle, are you going to dress up as Benjamin Rumsey? Uh, not likely because we don't know what he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> There's no pictures of him anywhere? No, he'd never, never had a portrait painted. Um, you can take a look at some of his family members and maybe uh, conjure up a guess of what he looked like, but no, nothing, nothing's ever been painted of him. Wow. So, now, uh, you are going to have people walking around in garb, though, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Any special food from back then? Well, the Japtown Lions are going to do uh, a little bit of a uh, colonial fair. Uh, probably turkey legs, which are a favorite in these types of festivals, uh, rabbit, and uh, uh, still thinking about doing some type of a fish because that was big, right? Uh, a big staple in, in meals at that time, especially in seaports. Um, I guess venison we'll to, wasn't big yet. Um, it sure, yeah, it, it was. Well, that's I mean, probably in, hard in, to find. Yeah, in, in the elk <laughs> country, it certainly was. I mean. It, You'd go outside of Joplin, and, and the farmers would hunt deer uh, or anything else they can get a hold of. Um, the Leo Club, our charter youth group, will probably do uh, two or three items, cornbread, um, some period-type cookies, and uh, maybe some, some sourdough bread or something like that. All right, I got a period. I mean, what kind of cook? I know you didn't have Oreo cookies back then. So, no, what, they, they period would, type cookies. I mean, they would be know. along the lines of shortbread or okay. uh, uh, made from oats or something like that. Similar, so like oatmeal cookies. Similar. Yeah. Okay. All right, I can eat them all day. That's fine. Who couldn't? Yeah. <laughs> now, I understand there's going to be a beer garden. There is going to be a beer garden. Uh, Beer and wine, uh, of course. Since this is open to children and and adults, they'll be we'll have someone stationed a card just to make sure that kids aren't getting into something they're not supposed right. to. Right. But uh, yeah, we're gonna it. You know, that's a highlight along with the food. You know, nice tent, sit down, have have a turkey leg from the lion side or a hot dog from our side. <laughs> One of each. And, yeah. a, and a nice cold beer and a little glass of wine. Yeah, it would be kind of hard for some of the little kids to walk around with a turkey leg the size of them, I guess. Yes, yes. Yeah. And some of them might look at it as a dinosaur leg. So, but Welcome to the Flintstones. That's right. But, um, yeah, the beer garden and with the, you know, we'll have tents set up to sit down and, and just enjoy some relaxing time. And then, of course, the hall to the church will be open. So you can come in and sit down inside there if you don't wish to sit in the beer garden right. or, or wander around with your beer or, or your food. Um, so we're definitely uh, going to make sure that there's lots of comfortable seating for everybody. Music or anything? Oh, absolutely. We have the Rumsey Tavern Band coming, which is a colonial period band. Rumsey Tavern Band. Yes. And they were here last year. Very, very fun. 
Uh, they do all colonial music. Came down, a fiddler came down and helped us play the music for the cakewalk game that we did last year and plan on doing again this year. A cakewalk Cakewalk game? game. Yeah, you just, you kind of like musical chairs. You just go in a circle and if when the music stops, if you land on a paper. You get and, hit with a cake. And your number's called <laughs> that you land on, you go get a piece of cake or a, a goodie off of the bake table. You know, nice okay. little treat. Just just a fun game that gets everybody participating. But the musicians got involved, and we everybody had a ball. Nobody wanted it to stop. Now, I, and I've been to a couple of these, what Jerusalem Mills does them a lot, and I know we've been up to Gettysburg for a lot of things. Um, can people come dressed up if they want? Oh, yes. Most we, definitely, yeah. We, we had people last year come. It was one person dressed up as Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Really? And, yes. It was Do you have a wonderful. contest or anything for that? No, but we really should. We really should. That's um, a great idea. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, we should definitely do that. Um, come as your favorite colonial character or just, you know, just come in colonial uh, garb and... We'll do that. We'll have a contest to see who's the best colonial dressed. That would be, you see people coming as Ben Franklin, George, whoever else. That would be so Hey, we might see Benjamin Rumsey show up. You never know. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, with Joppa, okay, and and Law, I know you wrote a a good article about this. When was it founded? Because it seems like there's some conflict there. The town was actually... Founded, uh, decreed in 1707 by the Maryland General Assembly. Okay. At the same time, uh, they also decreed that the county courthouse be moved to Joppa uh, from its location on, on what is now Days Cove. Uh, at the time, it was known as Sims Point. And uh, they believed that the courthouse at that time was, was somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, Midway, back up the hill across the tracks. Um, of course, the, the Gunpowder River was much closer to Route 40 at that time right. than it is today. Um, but 1707, uh, through the Maryland General Assembly, um, it was actually a supplement to an act that they passed previously uh, uh, dictating that a town be created at Foster's Neck, which is today Mariner Point Park. Uh, although the courthouse was not mentioned, right. they were uh, to build a town there. Um, but uh, other more wealthier plan, uh, landowners wanted to move it a little bit upriver to Joppa. There was a much wider uh, harbor and access there than there was at, at Foster's Neck. Um, also, quite a bit deeper. Um, yeah, I was going to say the water had to be a lot deeper because you had ships and everything coming in here, didn't you? Uh, ocean going vessels, yeah. It was very deep. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, the sediment tests that were done in the, I believe it was the 70s or 80s, 1970s or 80s, in, in the gunpowder marshes, marshes were upwards of 80 to 100 feet deep. What? Now, not all of that uh, came during the time of, of early Joppa from the from the gunpowder rivers, but uh, uh, quite a bit of it did and salted, right. up, salted up the harbor. Um so even before that, a little bit of silting, which is natural, um, took place. But when they started clearing the land upriver, then uh, then all that land got washed into the into the rivers and then then down into the Gunpowder River. So it silted up rather quickly. 
Uh, anyway, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, 1707, there wasn't a lot of uh, rapid movement um, in building Jampa or, or any of the other towns that they decreed right. at that time. Uh, it was a rather slow process. Uh, the courthouse, there was a lot of battling going back and forth between uh, politicians and, and wealthy landowners in the area. Some wanted to keep it where it was. Others wanted to move it uh, into what's now modern-day Middle River in that area. Uh, and, of course, others wanted to move it here to Joppa. So that, that went on for a while. 1709, um, the court actually contracted with James Maxwell to build courthouse and a jail. He began that process, uh, took him about three and a half, almost four years to finish it. At the end of 1709, the Queen of England had finally seen the acts that Maryland, and actually Virginia, this was also right. in Virginia, uh, was involved in the early part of this as well. Uh, she saw all three acts of uh, 1706, 1707, and 1708, and rejected them all on the advice of Parliament. Not because of uh, moving the courthouse or anything of that nature, that was usually a local matter. Queen wasn't interested where you plopped your county courthouse. <laughs> she was interested in what affected the crown revenue. Right. Um, religious she law. Exactly. That's what it works out to be. Um, so she rejected all three on the advice of Parliament. Uh, so the General Assembly, after that, just said, well, we'll, we'll, we'll work our way around it. And um, so they officially decreed that the courthouse be moved to Joppa in 1712. That did not go to the Queen. It didn't have to. The town of Joppa um, really, there wasn't any great rush, as I said, to, to get that moving. Uh, so it, it just kind of, uh, even though the courthouse was built and the court moved in 1713 was actually his first official year, um, there was no real effort to, to, to build the town. But the people began to complain, the citizens in the county said, you know, we go to court in Joppa, we live up on the Susquehanna River, there's no place to stay, no place to eat, etc. So uh, the movement was, well, we've got to get a town built here. So the people um, from where Happy Grace is now mm-hmm. were coming down here for court. Right. Wow. Uh, Joppa was, <laughs> was the court in Baltimore County, of course, was uh, all the way out to Frederick, down to... Uh, the border of Anne Arundel County and on up to the Susquehanna at that time. Uh, earlier it had been Cecil County, but right. Cecil broke off. Um, so people had, you know, they had, they had to travel a long way just to go to court. So they had no place to sleep, no place to eat, no place to drink, no place to do anything. And it ain't like today where it was a 30 minute drive. Right, right. It could take them two, three days to get from, wow, you know, from, from uh, the Pennsylvania border on down to Joppa. So, the voices began to rise again. we got to build a town here. We have to build a town. So, um, uh, Ann Phelps, who actually owned all of this land, James Maxwell's mother-in-law, uh, died in 1719, and she willed uh, her property to her grandson, Aishel, uh, who was a minor at the time. Um, so at that time, his father, James Maxwell, actually uh, controlled the property. Now he could live on it. He could he could operate businesses on it. He can do pretty right. much whatever he wants. Collect, uh, uh, sublet, collect collect rents and things. Uh, but he could not sell it uh, because it actually in in reality belonged to his son. 
So it took uh, until 1724 when, when the voices just said, do it now or, or forget it, and the voices being the citizens, for the General Assembly to act uh, and pass, pass an act and say, get this town built, basically. That so, long? That long. Wow. Um, <laughs> so by then, they, they essentially worked, aware, worked around the laws, as it were, uh, to where James Maxwell could convey uh, the property to not only the state, or right. uh, the, the county, rather, for the uh, courthouse and jail, but also to uh, plot it off and sell lots to, to uh, uh, citizens. So that, that took place in 1724, 1725. At the same time, the church, St. John's, moved up from uh, the Elk River, or what was known as Elk Neck at that time, not the modern-day park, but um, it sits roughly where the Edgewood Officers Club, Edgewood Arsenal Officers Club is. Okay. Today. There was a log cabin. There's no, there's no, nothing remains of it. Uh, so the church moved up there in 1724, 1725. And uh, there was a contract to build a church. And so Joppa took off from that point. And uh, no sooner that it had, had it uh, come to life that it began to decline starting in 1731 when the smallpox Jeez. hit and really devastated this town. A lot of people perished and a lot of people moved away. Um, and it was at that time and, and subsequent years that people started thinking, well, maybe Joppa's not the best place. It's a lowland. It's marshy half the year. Uh, the roads are, are, are muddy, you know, three quarters right. of the year round. And, and uh, Baltimore was coming online as, as a much better, uh, much better port, um, much bigger harbor, much deeper, no rivers to silt it up. You had Jones Falls, <coughs> excuse me, Jones Falls, which was uh, small comparatively to, to the Gunpowder Falls. Um, it was not not depositing a lot of silt, so the harbor wasn't silting up. So people began to move away, and businesses slowly began to move away, and then the voices started in, uh, to get louder. Hey, we need to move down here. It's more convenient. Uh, the harbor's much better. Right. Uh, so by 1768, um, after years of, of uh, uh, raising their voices and lengthy petitions, many of them, um, the county seat was was moved to Baltimore and Joppa at that time just was barely hanging on. Uh, the harbor had silted up. Um, the larger ships could no longer get in here. People had moved businesses away. There were still a few around. There was even a shipyard still here, but but for small craft. And uh, it was about the time that Benjamin Rumsey came on the scene. He married uh, Mary Hall, the daughter of, of uh, John and Hannah. And uh, moved down here uh, around about 1770 from Cecil County. And uh, when her parents died, he they inherited the Rumsey Mansion and the property, uh, which was only a small bit of property at that time. You know, right. The Joppa Flats were still owned by other people. But from that point forward, it, the town just began or continued its steady decline. Benjamin Rumsey uh, ended up buying up all the old plots over the next 30, 30 plus years. Um, so by the time of his death in 1808, he owned all of what used to be Joppa and more, uh, some 400 plus acres just in this area. Wow. Nearly. So, <laughs> yeah. so that passed through the Rumsey family, not to wrap it up, but 
passed through the Rumsey family for the next uh, 50 years and then was sold off um, in a succession of uh, at least four or five owners. Uh, the last owners were the uh, Chell family, Vila Chell and her mm-hmm. husband Frank. Frank, unfortunately, was killed in a, a fire, one of the tenant houses here, um, uh, which sits on the, on the church property right now, or sat on the church property. Uh, killed in a fire in 1936. So Bila was a widow and eventually sold it to Panitz, um, I think in 1960, just before, or 61, just before they uh, began to break ground. Right. Um, and of course, uh, the plan for Rumsey Mansion and, and the area even where the church is sitting now was for a yacht club and a swim and tennis club. So Joppa would have been either hmm. a parking lot or a swimming pool. Um, although I think once they, they had uh, begun to dig in there, they would have seen that it was uh, a town. They would have come across foundations. They would have come across even possibly some um, bones, you know, burials. Right. And that would have stopped it. But before any of that happened, um, they discovered that the uh, parish of St. John's still owned the property, still had deed to it. And so today you have Church of the Resurrection, Copley's Parish. Um, so that was a, a good twist of fate, along with the help of Jacqueline Kennedy at the time, working with various uh, preservation groups in Harford County and Maryland um, to stop that. So long story short, Charles Anderson, one of our former county executives, bought the place uh, and fully restored it, he and his wife. Uh, his wife still lives there today. Did you realize all this, Colleen? Yeah. Not all of this, no. <laughs> yeah. if, remember, October 20th, Lyle will be here, so if you have any questions, he's a walking encyclopedia of Harford County. Absolutely. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize all and that. I don't normally ramble that way, but you get the gist of it. But I, it's, it's, now, All right, now, you said 1707, but wasn't it a port before then? No, no. It, no? It, no, it was, it was a land, it was called Taylor's Choice. Okay. And it was granted uh, to a man named John Taylor in, in 1661. Uh, he also owned, uh, at that time, what is today Day's Cove and okay. over toward uh, Harewood and Chase. Um, if you look on the old old plat maps, you'll see Taylor's Mount, Taylor's Edition, Taylor's Pasture, and one or two others. Okay. Um, and that would eventually pass through the Richardson, uh, your, your niece's family. Richardson and the Day family, a very famous Baltimore and Harper County family. Really? Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so he owned he owned the That's land. That's your chair. It, it, uh, huh? <laughs> My chair's squeaking. Um, it was it was then uh, at some point sold to a man named Edward Phelps, um, who married hmm. Ann Phelps, who was the widow of uh, Moses uh, Moses. Yeah, Moses Groom. Um, when wow. he died, she inherited the land. And uh, I'm sorry, not not Edward Phelps. Moses Groom. And then she married, uh, and I'm going to get this one wrong. Uh, escapes me at the moment. But um, there's another another individual in between them. And uh, when she married Edward Phelps, they signed a. Uh, um, what's essentially a post-nuptial, pre-nuptial slash post-nuptial agreement. I think they, they call it an anti-nuptial agreement that um, the land stays in her name. 
even though this guy was a wealthy landowner himself, Edward Phelps, uh, this land, Taylor's Choice, would remain in her name and uh, automatically pass through her descendants rather than through him or, or his descendants should she die first. Um, I think anti-nuptial is, is the proper term for it. But, uh, so anyway, he died He died before she did anyway, so it was kind of moot anyway. So, uh, I, but it was I nothing, it was nothing more than just a, a, a farm, really. Okay. Right on, on the river's edge. Now, with this, with the, by the way, y'all, we're recording actually on site here, um, the podcast today. With this area, has there been any, I don't know, uh, archaeological, I'm going to say it wrong, ar- that, archaeological digging? digging? Thank you, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To where they found anything? Or? <clears throat> they did a couple of times. Um, the first one was, I believe, organized by the church in uh, the early 70s when they began to build this church. It was kind of a, it wasn't an official uh, dig. It was, they brought in uh, like Girl Scouts, boys, local Boy Scouts, and the the church oversaw just a little bit of digging, and they found a bunch of artifacts um, prior to building this, this, uh, constructing this building. In the early 90s, um, they did actually do a professional archaeological dig and uh, uncovered the original foundation for the church. That's where the rope is? That's roped off the bed. Yes. Um, And what you see in the middle, that carn in the middle, is is a bunch of tombstone pieces all uh, mortared together. Um, Tombstone pieces? Pieces of tombstones uh, that used to be, obviously, in the the graveyard behind the church. Um, Now, prior prior to that and prior to the sale of this farm, one of the tenant houses sat over top of that church foundation. They built just built it right on top of it. Um, wow! So it did survive. And I, I spoke with a woman that grew up here, and um, she said, as a child, and then of course, right in front of that that uh, roped off area is, is one of two remaining tombstones. Is for a merchant named David McCullough, who died in the uh, 1760s. As a child, she would go out and she'd always put flowers, and you'll see pictures of old uh, of that tombstone in the forties and fifties, and you'll always see you know bundles of flowers in front of it. But she would go out there and put those flowers on there constantly. But she would also crawl under, <coughs> excuse me, crawl under the house and uh, come out with you know little pieces of brick or little pieces of tombstone or little coins or artifacts that she had found over there. Interesting. And uh, yeah, it was very interesting. Unfortunately. She doesn't know what happened to any of it, but um, you know maybe her parents got rid of it. Who knows? But uh, very interesting. She said her father had, had uh, always found you know pieces of tombstones when he plowed the fields out here, or, or uh, uh, you know work in the yard or across right. the road or whatever. Um, so they're they're scattered about. Presumably they're still scattered about underneath all that grass. Um, but when they did do this dig, they, they grabbed, gathered up a bunch of them and built a car out of it and put it right in the middle there and glued them all together. And, um, pretty neat. But uh, it'd be nice someday to get uh, uh, either the state or Smithsonian or somebody out here again and really do a, a thorough study and try yeah. to uh, possibly even locate you know where the courthouse was and, and give some more perspective to it. 
I was going to say, yeah. and nowadays they have the equipment to where you don't even have to dig. They got yeah. almost like sonar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They can, yeah. They can. They can do that. And, uh, it'd be nice, but you know, it's it, it it takes interest and money. So we're right. we're working say, trying to get the, the cemetery out, was yeah. moved. Well, let me rephrase that. The tombstones, the, the headstones, the, the headstones were removed when St. John's moved. They okay. took the headstones, but they left the bodies behind. Mm-hmm. So the head the headstones are with uh, St. John's Kingston, which is where they had moved to, um, but the bodies are still here. Okay, so the graves are still here. Yes. Without the headstones. Without the headstones. Yeah, keep oh. in mind that they're back then they're buried in pine boxes. So by the time that, that they moved to St. John's, um, you know, people that had died 20, 30, 40 years the pine ago. pine boxes are probably disintegrated yeah, at this point, right? Yeah, yeah and you're not gonna you're not gonna dig them up and, and move them. So. so the heritage festival that will be going on into the nighttime <laughs> have some ghost tours possibly. Or that might be next year. Be a good idea for next year. Yeah, yeah in October. Yeah, not right before Halloween. That's right. Wow. But, That's um, how big was the cemetery? Does anybody know? Yeah, I, I've come across a couple of, uh, you know, I try to compile lists. It, I mean, it, it was pretty substantial um, uh, over uh, a period of uh, 60, 70 years. Um, a lot of names. Um, and they even had a, a few that were buried after the church left here. Um, uh, one of them well, still standing. 20, yeah. And one on one of the stones on that carn, you can see the name Charles Bullis. He married into the Rumsey family. He died in 1850. Uh, he actually lived up in Franklinville, but died uh, in 1850 and was buried down here. Don't know why, because obviously St. John's in Kingsville was there, but um, for some reason he was buried down here on what was by that time the Rumsey uh, family land. So right. it could have been just because he was a Rumsey family member. Uh, his wife was buried in Kingsville. She died 50 years later, but... Um, but there are a lot of a lot of interesting grave. I'm, of course, Benjamin Rumsey is buried here. Um, his wife is here. Uh, I have not found a date when she died. Uh, other Rumsey family members, but but there are other prominent uh, citizens of Joplin Harbor County that were buried here from the Hall family, um, the, the Taylors, um, the Ridgeleys, and uh, Rigby rather, and uh, some others. Um, also, some of your some of your more notorious criminals that were hanged in Java huh? are buried here. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. So yeah, you might go out there, you know, late at night one night and sit right in the middle of the old where the old cemetery was, and and uh, might see something, might hear something. Who knows? <laughs> hey, I'm game to try that. Yeah. <laughs> now we'll, we'll have to ask our colonial. Uh, reenactors who are going to camp here that whole weekend and see what they hear at night. Oh, they're going to yeah. be camping the they're whole camping. weekend. They're camping. They're coming in on Friday and leaving mm-hmm. on Sunday, so they'll be here the whole weekend camping in the, in the field. So maybe they'll have some great stories to tell by the by Saturday. That's if they're still yeah. here, right? Let's hope they don't so. get scared away. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now, all right, we, we've talked about Rumsey Mansion, Benjamin Rumsey. Now, for those people that don't know, can you tell us who was Benjamin Rumsey? Why is he so important? Yeah. Benjamin Rumsey was uh, first and foremost he was a, he was a uh, lawyer. 
Okay. It's from a large and very wealthy family in Cecil County, up, up uh, what, what is known as Bohemian Manor, um, Cecil County. His cousin, James Rumsey, um, actually, if you read your history books and remember history in high school, um, the name Robert Fulton stands out mm-hmm. as the vendor of the steam engine. Well, James Rumsey, um, about 20 years before that, many people credit with, with uh, inventing um, or, or actually refining the steam engine for use on, on watercraft and on the Potomac River. Um, Benjamin Rumsey, a lawyer, uh, was, was a member of the First Continental Congress um, when, it, when it met at Carpenter's Hall in Philadelphia. Um, he was a uh, member of the Hartford delegation. Uh, he was also, uh, with a couple of other gentlemen at the time, uh, put in charge of uh, re-enlisting Maryland soldiers in New Jersey uh, during the Revolution. Um, he was, uh, most importantly, I think, most importantly, uh, the first chief judge of the Maryland Court of Appeals and uh, the longest serving judge. And it's, that's a record that still stands today. Well, uh, for Maryland. For Maryland. Uh, the chief judge, they call it the chief judge, not justice. Right. The chief judge, Maryland, uh, Maryland Court of Appeals. And uh, he served up until 1806, two years before he died here in Joppa. Uh, that record still stands. I think it's that's pretty significant. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I'd, I'd like to get some type of a, a memorial obelisk or something here uh, to honor him. Right. He's an important part of this of this history here. So It's just amazing yeah. that, I mean, for as important yeah. as he was, and there's no pictures of him. Nobody knows what he looked like. No, well, obviously you're not going to have pictures. They didn't have cameras. Well, on, but you know, so whatever. it is interesting that there are no porches, especially porches, being, yeah. you know, uh, being the chief judge. Um, doesn't mean there wasn't one done at the time, right. but um, no one has ever found one. It could be stored away somewhere, and nobody knows where. And that could be, or there could be one that they that's unidentified that they, yeah. that may well be unknown, but uh, nobody's ever found one with his wow. name attached to it. So. Um, it just gets me. I don't understand how a lot of people, and I, well, I think a lot of younger people don't understand the history because they're not taught it anymore. They're not taught it at all. Not no. at all. No. Which, you know, which is a shame. I mean, you, God, I've lived here all my life, and I didn't realize all that about Joppa. Well, you know, and that leads <laughs> to, uh, yeah, and we didn't. I mean, uh, the only reason is because I have an interest in history. Did I learn? learn this stuff, same with a lot of the history up where I grew up, you know, up near Riverside and, and what's involved there with, right. the, with the Gilmore's Raid at the railroad tracks and, and Edgewood Arsenal and all that. But um, we weren't taught any of that stuff. Uh, if, you know, stuff we learned about colonial history was New England. Yeah. Um, uh, nothing about Harford County, Baltimore County, anything. Um, but that lends a lot to, you know, kind of this... this uh, Debate. I hate to use the word debate because it really isn't a debate, but this back and forth about the name of Joptown mm-hmm. and how you spell it, you know, with an E, without an E, and all that. And the, distinct, the uh, distinction between what was Joppa, the port of Joppa, and the planned community of Joppa Town with an E on the end. Two different things. Two different things. Um, we're not like Haver de Grace, 
or Chestertown on, on, on the eastern shore or these other older port cities where, uh, towns and cities where uh, it, it was started, you know, two, three hundred years ago and it, and it, you know, went through its growing pains, but it, mm-hmm. it steadily grew to what they are today. And they still retain the flavor that they had 300 years ago. Right. It's a port town. It's a, it's a, uh, there's still, you know, some commerce in Haver de Grace and Chestertown, very little, but still some, uh, related to the water. Joppa came and went. It, it dissolved. It, it just dropped off the map. Became a farm. Yeah. Um, incorporated into acres and acres of, of uh, a much larger farm. And uh, uh, Joppa Town was not was not built, uh, or the location rather was not selected because uh, of uh, you know a town that used to be here. It was selected because of its proximity to Edgewood Arsenal in Aberdeen. Right. As the post World War II complex was just exploding, and the need for workers and housing and all that, um, that's what drove the decision to to buy up the land. In this area, uh, to build a new community. Now, I always contend, and, and I think it's pretty accurate that the name Joppa Town, as we know it today, is just a hat tip to old Joppa. You know, yeah. um, because after the, the, the demise of Joppa, um, and I put in this paper, Joppa became basically a village, uh, which includes up north of Route Forty, Route Seven, all up toward Abingdon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's basically a postal zip. Uh, district and a planning district for the uh, Hartford County. So it's essentially a village is what it is right. and what it became. So um, the question is, are we are we part of the Joppa village or are we Joppa town, our own community community with our own identity? Um, I'm of the latter. We, we, you know, I, we came here in 67. I went to schools here, graduated schools here, family here, you know, all nine yards. Um, to me, it's Joppa Town. That's where I grew up. Right. I didn't grow up in Joppa. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's how I see it. But anyway, my point is, I think a lot of that, um, is, you know, uh, because we weren't taught that history, the distinction between what was here 300 years ago and what went on and, uh, what happened, you know, between 18, let's say 1815 when the church left the Kingsville mm-hmm. in 1960, 61. Um, it, it, it just vanished. It's a big gap, yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, 150 years of, of nothing, um, basically. And daffodils and, and farmland. Farmland, so, exactly. Um, as important as it is, I think, to preserve this history and promote it and do everything that we can to highlight it, we can't claim it as, as part of Joppa Town's history because it's not. Right. Um, we have no ties to it. And, uh, I think we have enough of our own history um, as a community in, in the last 55 years um, that we should promote that as well. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and claim that. That is our history. And, yeah. and we need, you know, I see all these new, new young families coming in from that didn't grow up here. Um, and, and, you know, they're, and I don't want to say they're confused, but, you know, they, they see all this going on and it's like, you know, a lot of them don't care. I mean, obviously, right? I live in Joppa. You know, I live in Joppa. Whatever. <laughs> but some do. Um, but I think once you give people an identity, um, just as the people that you know, our parents when they came here in the early '60s, 
you give them their own community, their own identity, they begin to build it as their own. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, you yes. know, and that's that's why we thrived in the sixties and seventies with all the community groups and things that we have. Um, we don't have that too much anymore these no. days, and that's what we need to get back to. Yes. Uh, so anyway, that rambles over, but that's <laughs> that's kind of you know. Well, see, so you uh, talk Holly and I listen. Everybody listening. Yeah. Because, I, like I said, Lyle will be here that day. Apparently, he's not going to be doing as much as he thought because he's going to be bombarded with questions, I guarantee you. <laughs> All right, so October 20th starts at 11 o'clock. 11 to 4. 11 to 4, okay. Rain date is 27th, the following Saturday. Uh, and it's again, free, right? It's free admit, admission. Well, the, the food and, and drinks aren't free. Free admission. admission right. Free admission, of course. Uh, there is a fee, of course, for food and right. the beer or wine, uh, the bake tables, but the games are free. Uh, the tour. The tour is free. Uh, the artifacts that we do have on site are, that are here, uh, you know, free to view, free to ask questions, free to participate with the reenactors. They will love having people come up, ask questions, uh, and get involved. It's, it's part of what we're trying to do is bring, you know, that part of history forward so that we can, we can kind of live through their eyes and right. see how it was. And that's what our goal is. So and when you say the games, you're talking about games from back in that time. There will be games from back in that time. We'll also, There's not going to be Pokemon Go. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. No computer games. Uh, probably the most that we're going to get that is... Uh, 20th and 21st century is a bounce house. Okay. <laughs> Other than that, it's going to just, it's going to be period games and relay races, sack races, things, you know, People things. People don't realize how fun that stuff is. Oh, they forget. And, the, yeah. and our kids from today don't even know what it is to do that. And, yeah. and it was so much fun. And, you know, to get a good, maybe good uh, child versus adults competition going or, you know, you've got that that favorite friend that you always want to beat, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to have those kind of games where, you know, we can, we can play and, and go back to what it was like to be kids again. And, and don't forget to dress up in, you know, your colonial wear. And that, you said now you're going to have a contest, right? I, Yeah, that's a, that's such a great idea. And I think we're definitely going to incorporate that. Come in your best colonial fair We'll even let you come as a revolutionary if you'd like, and uh, we'll have a contest for it and give out a maybe a, a real beautiful gift certificate of some sort. And if you don't know what the dress was, look, study your history. Yes, there were Indians here too, so weren't there at the time? Okay, <laughs> you looked at me like really rich. I was like, oh, there were Indians here, weren't there? <laughs> oh boy, yes. Uh, <laughs> I think it'd be neat to see a little seven-year-old, you know, Ben Franklin or whatever running around. Absolutely. Flying a kite, especially. <laughs> and guess what? Halloween is just a, a 10 extra days away, and you can double oh, wow, double great. the use of the costume. Yeah, actually, that's a yeah, great idea. Yeah. Well, anything to add? Just come out, have fun. Oh, I do need to add, uh, because it's still going to be pretty good in the season for boating. The Joppa Town Marina has opened up to allow boaters to come and uh, moor their boats. Again, we will have uh, transportation. 
that will pick up and bring you to the festival and take you back. And you could then have a lovely day on the water before and after the festival. That's actually a great idea. Because I I think your boating season is going to go longer than usual because of all the rain. I think so. Yeah, because I I know I talked to my brother yesterday, and he lives up in Having Grace. He said he's only taken his boat out six times because when the gates are open, they really can't. No. Take their boats out. No. And because of all the debris and everything. It's been too dangerous. Yeah. So there you go. October 20th. Get on your boat. Your get marina your is right. Boat. I mean, right there. Yeah. Get on your boat. Come down to the Joppatown Marina. More your and they boat. got a bunch of slips to where people can. Yeah. That's awesome. Lots of room. Yeah. Lots of room. Yes. So please come out. Bring your family. Bring bring your grandparents. Bring your, your young children. Everybody. There'll be something for everybody to enjoy. Plenty of food, plenty of drink, plenty of games. Plenty of music. And the tours. And the tours. And we might be able to convince them to stay open until midnight. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) If they're coming, we're going. We'll keep going. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me, too. Well, I want to thank you both. And once again, if you would like to be on the Harford County Living Podcast, just contact us, uh, 443-982-0250. Or email podcast at harfordcountyliving.com. Uh, whether you're an organization, business, nonprofit, or just a regular person, I mean, just come on in and, um, or come on and you can actually be a guest and, or a spectator, sit in, doesn't matter. I want to thank you again and I'll see you on the 20th. Thank you. We'll see you there. Did you know volunteering can be fun? Community service is for everyone. Young people, families, men, women. As a volunteer, you'll help your community and gain valuable skills. Network with others. Energize your life. Make an impact and have fun. Get in step with your community. Volunteer. Visit www.lionsclubs.org.